0: Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Welcome to tonight's Book Talk, and I am so delighted to introduce you to my friend, Christy Ann Hunter, and um, I think you're going to love this opportunity to get to know her because she's delightful and her books are amazing, but we'll talk more about that in just a minute. So Christy, would you like to take a minute to introduce yourself? Yes, and
1: let me know if you hear loud bangs because I think my children are wrestling over my head. That's half the fun of doing this from home, right? Fun lot of doing this from home. Um, yes, my name is Christiane Hunter. I started out adult life as a computer programmer and ended up switching to writing books, you know, as you do. And um, And I now live south of Atlanta. I have a husband and three children, and we keep busy with church stuff and family stuff and being a dance mom and i um, reading books and hanging out. And I write every now and then well, enough to get a book out every few months or so. And uh, just came out with Winning the Gentleman, which is the second book in my third series, Hearts on the Heat.
0: And I got to tell you, Winning the Gentleman was fantastic. So you've got to hold it up because I don't have a paper copy yet. Um, but y'all, if you love reading. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. So if you... Love Regency my period, and even if you don't, you've got to try this one. It was so good. How good was it? It was so good that immediately after reading it, I had to go back and read all of christie's backlist and buy the ones I didn't have. So between my Kindle and this stack, I read them all. It was so much fun. That's, that's so, 12 books. That's yeah, and that's I get them in yeah, and two and, and a half novels, yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun. So I need to know, how did you come up with a love for this Regency time period? So I actually fell in love with
1: the Regency through Julia Quinn books. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. So, um, so I was very excited when Bridgerton aired earlier this year. Um, it's not exactly true to the books, but it was still kind of, fun to see a book that meant so much to me being made into television because that's kind of all of our dreams is that we get like that long mini-series where they get all the details (laughs) in you know but I stumbled across a um a Julia Quinn book in a bookstore and the the cover was just different Mm -hmm. than the other historical romance novels because I actually didn't know Christian fiction even existed until I was in college. okay really so I was just in a regular I was just in the regular romance section at the bookstore because that's where I got books from I didn't even know there was a Christian fiction section um. but so I've at the book the cover was different and because I think it was just a shoe because it was like a Cinderella story it was an offer for a gentleman and so it was just the shoe on the cover and it caught my eye and I started reading it and I just completely fell in love with this time period that is so familiar and yet mm-hmm. so different. There's so much going on in the Regency time period that's very relatable. Classes were changing, technology was changing. Yeah. Everything was changing so very quickly through that time period that it's, it's just really, you can really connect with it. Um, plus the dresses are really pretty.
0: Oh my goodness, they are. And then you've got this, the romance. Uh, There was a very strict set of rules and how you were supposed to behave and what you could do and not do. And so seeing all of that uh, kind of play out on the page is so much fun. So, um, Oh, Joy says that she's actually reading an Elegant Facade right now. So she started your second series and then went back to the first, which is a really fun way to do it. Yes. So your books are all very integrated. And yet you can start with any one of them. Like people who haven't read you before could start with Winning the Gentleman and have an absolutely wonderful reading experience. But as I was reading it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember that character and I remember that character. And so seeing... You know kind of that's why i had to go back and binge them because i was like they're all kind of coming together now did you plan that or was that something that just kind of happened
1: so again this is um this is an inspiration we can lay at julia quinn's feet because she was that first author that i really fell in love with as an, an adult and she writes her books most of them are in the same world which means anybody can show up anywhere yeah Um, And I loved the idea of putting all that work into building this world and being able to just travel around in it, go wherever I wanted to in it. And so that's the way I view it, which means each book is a single story. It is a story of something that's happening in this world, but because it is this world I have created you're going to see other people. You're going to see some of the same places. You know, you're going to see these things happen because in my head, it's just this whole other place. And a lot of people are like, oh, wasn't that convenient that you had that there and you were used in a later book? And I'm like, yes, yes. So very convenient (laughs) or possibly planned. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So are you a plotter or a pantser? Okay, so
1: I am now a plantster okay we're in the middle where i will plan the high points i'll plan like okay this is the high points that are going to happen but by and large i am still a panster because i will get in and actually i don't write out i don't write in order either so <gasps> you're i you're one of those i jump around i'll write i'm like oh i want this scene to happen somewhere and i'll write that scene And in that scene, I'll refer to something. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's going to need to happen. And I'll stick a post-it on my board. And it's like, at some point I have to go write that scene because I just referred to it. And and that's how the book all comes together. And yet somehow in all that, the world is in my head. And I'll be able to put something and be like, oh, I'm going to need that later. That's going to happen in this other thing. So for example... If you read A Search for Refuge, which is free, that's a free e-novella, A Search for Refuge. It's the novella that starts the Haven Manor series, and anybody can go download it free. But there's there's a little villain, bad guy, in there. He comes in. They take care of him. Story happens all lovely. Well, he comes back to be the bad guy again in the first book in Hearts on the Heath*. <laughs> And some people don't like not connect that right away, but he does. He's the bad guy again and in, in vying for the Viscount. And some people are like, what, did you just use him? I was like, oh, no, I don't know. I had that planned from the beginning, but I don't plot. So it's a very weird place in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say that you're able to hold on to all those details. And Joy is like, she loves that your characters kind of cross-pollinate. Um, it's so much fun. It's like, hey, I know them, which is exactly how I felt when I was reading um, Winning the Gentleman. And I recognized it in the others, but for some reason it really felt like in this one that just released last week, that there was so much um, more of Trent showing up. And I, he was one of them. I'm like, I really, I don't, I know I remember him, but then to go back and read a story, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love Trent. That was so <laughs> cool. And um, it's just been, it was fun. It was almost like watching the Marvel movies in order after watching them completely out of order and seeing all the Easter eggs and all the things that come together. So you you can now say your books I will compar- take that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and people who watch this like Linda and Joy are like, yep, every week, Caro somehow brings the Marvel universe in, uh, but <laughs> love I will take it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, okay. I won't go there cause I'll get totally distracted. <laughs> but, um, Linda, I was so glad you're enjoying this. Cause she's like, thank you for introducing me to new authors. And it's one of the things that I love, love, love to do with these. So winning the gentlemen, now that we've talked about how much all these different worlds and books and series connect, at the same time, I don't want anybody who's watching to think they can't start with that book because right. it's completely freestanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Christian does what I do where you can really pick up any of my books. Mm-hmm. And if you've read the earlier ones, you'll enjoy seeing characters that return. But if you start with one that's later, you won't even recognize that it feels out of order um, because they are they're you do a masterful job of keeping them separate yet connected, which I think is such a gift when authors can do that well for readers. So my hat's off to you. Good job with that. Thank you.
1: I will say if there are any writers watching, my biggest tip for that is act like when you pull in a main character from another book and they're a side character, treat them like a side character. Don't tell their backstory. Don't tell what happened to them. Their book is a whole nother book. Like they're just a side character. You just treat them just like any other side character. And that helps a lot. It helps keep it very real and focused on that story.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to approach it because you might know as the author all the backstory, but for this particular story or this particular book, that's not important because- it's not their story it's right. they're just showing up to help um and it's kind of fun because you've got this group of characters where some of them are quite wealthy and then Aaron's not um and yet you've got the people who can fund the crazy trips like this one for <laughs> home. um and yet they're also just these real interesting people um, having the whole idea of basically, basically like a museum curator who goes from country estate to country estate. I mean, how would you come up with that? Is it Derek? Is that what his name is? I oh, be- the pursuit of home Derek.
1: Derek, yes. Uh, Derek in a, in a pursuit of home. So that was um, probably the most plotting I'd yeah. ever done because I had to figure out how to get them all over England and and abroad. In the time frame that i needed them to and i remember sending all these files to my poor copy editor because i was like okay this is the timeline and this is real history this is my fake history this is my <laughs> and sending yeah. it out, I'm like
0: this is what all it's supposed to be help me make sure i didn't make a mistake somewhere and, and i had to look up so much art i had to study art so yeah.
1: much art for that book and it was one of those things that about, about,
0: we into that? I was like, why did I do this to myself? (laughs) But you know what? I loved that part of it because it was just a a fun, different take on it. Um, And I, it could be real easy just to be like, oh, we're just always going to have these wealthy, you know, kind of gentry folks who can do anything and go anywhere and they don't have to really do anything. And yet with Derek, you have this guy who's actually got a job. And with Jessamine at that time, you didn't realize she was, I won't say it. Um, and so... No spoilers, Karen. Just, no spoilers. <laughs> I know. I, w- I was biting my tongue there. But it was it was one of those that you... It was just a very kind of fun and real way. And someone who discovered art history and a love for it in college, it was just fun. Because I was just like, oh, my little art-loving heart was so happy. And I noticed you do have Van Gogh story nights behind you. I do. So I'm not much
1: of an art person, but... this painting means so much to me. I actually have two. So I have this one here and there's a big one up in my hallway um, that I see every time I leave the house because this is one of those things that what I love about Starry Night, everybody everybody, get your your church pew on, I'm about to preach. So (laughs) what I love about Starry Night is nobody knows how valuable it is. It's never sold it's never sold at auction so they can only guess at how valuable it is and and so it's all these they can kind of guess you know well if it were to sell we would guess it would go for this or that you know but it is so incredible and it's been put on everything you can get it on anything like your kindle cover that you just picked up you know you can get it on shower curtains shoes pants whatever you want you can get this on there and it's been copied in all kinds of versions and you can get it for cheap but the original is priceless and so it is a reminder to always go be the original painting that god created you to be always go be that original creation don't be a copy of anybody else so i I have starry night all over my house (laughs)
0: that is awesome and i I did not realize it had never sold because it's one of my favorite paintings. I think I'm always, I'm an impressionist girl, Um, like sitting in like the Kansas City Art Museum has a Claude Monet that literally feels like a wall. It's like 12 by 17 feet or something like that. And I could stand in front of that forever. But then I've also seen some of them that are this size and you can get really close and see the brush strokes. And I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me how they could see things and just how quickly he could paint something like that. Um, and the colors in mm-hmm. Starry Nights, and it's so distinctive. And, you know, I just always want to be that original, but I had, I didn't realize it had never ever sold. That's such never a cool, yeah. what, a, what a cool reminder, just that we are unique and we are original and we are beyond value. Um, I love that, I've kind of got goosebumps, it's so fun. And Tori or Tony and Linda, Love that too. That's so much fun. So you never know what we're going to talk about um, with something as simple as, Hey, I see that painting behind you. Now, the other thing we were talking about is you said you've really gotten into Instagram reels.
1: I have. So it's one of those things I put off learning and doing until I was doing promotion stuff for Winning the Gentleman. And I'm like, all right, what else can I do? And I had some ideas (laughs) and this is again bringing back a former life you know you have so many little tidbits in your past and yeah. sometimes they lay dormant but for a while I between the c- computer programming and the writing there was a very small blip of time where I was an independent filmmaker oh, and cool. I, I made illustration videos for churches and and there's a website that I would sell them through and people would you know download them. like you know when you're sitting in the service and there's that video that's yeah. an illustration. So I made those. Um, The problem is toddlers do not understand quiet on the set. Yeah, it's true. So it became very difficult to actually continue in that vein. And that's how I ended up switching over to writing. But I have that love of that visual and remembering cutting uh, cutting those videos and telling story through the video and stuff. And so once I actually started playing with reels, I was like, that part of me was like,
0: Yay, we get to come back. And <laughs> that's so so I've been a
1: little bit, I've been a tad bit obsessed with them over the last week. And I've been like
0: making my family help me make reels. And that was um, awesome. And, well, and Joy likes them. She says that your reels have been so fun. And now I'm like, how have I missed them? I'm going to have to go look for them on Instagram because I'll admit, Instagram keeps rolling out new stuff. And I'm like, I got a catalog. Is that enough? You know? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's, um, it's, it's hard to keep up with it. It's one of those things I was like, I'm not going to stress about it. But I was like, let me just try it and see it. I'm having yeah. so much fun with them. I'm having so much fun.
0: So tell us about, like where do you get your ideas for those? Because um, Chrissy agrees that yours are so fun. And Tony wants to know, OK, so what is a reel? And she's kind of like with me. I keep seeing them, and I have not dipped my toe into the water.
1: Okay, So a reel is, um, it's 30 seconds or less. It's a video. Um, If you you did social media a few years ago, if you kind of think like a Vine, like that short, really super short video, um, they are rolling out 60 seconds to a few people right now. But most people, you still have 15, 30 seconds. Um, And they have a whole catalog of music that you can put to it. it's their answer to TikTok basically. Okay. I was going
0: to ask if that's what it was. So
1: if you're, if you think about a TikTok video, that's what reels essentially are. So you can kind of edit it. You can um, take the audio from somebody else's and use it on yours. And so then there's some audios that get very, very popular and become very trendy and you can kind of tag in on some of those trends. Um, but it's just a, you get a little time to tell a story to music and cut it together and you can edit together or I edit. Sometimes I edit an in-shot and then bring it over. Um, And sometimes I'll edit it in Instagram, just depending on um, what I'm doing. Um, But I'm still learning all the different ins and outs of it. But as for where the ideas come from, I wish I could tell you.
0: (laughs) Great, so you're one of those. It's so much fun, but I can't help you. I mean, I can help you technically, (laughs) But as far as like the
1: ideas, like, I don't know. I just watched a bunch of them to see that. That's the best advice I have. Just like we tell writers, you know, go read. Yeah. I probably scrolled all all told over a couple of days, almost two and a half hours of reels. Oh my gosh. That's a lot at 30 seconds. Not all at once. Yeah. But it was like, I had a few times because I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so if I had a little bit of time, five minutes here, five minutes there, you know, I was scrolling through a lot of them
0: to That's see awesome. what
1: are they, what works, what are people doing, how does it work? And um, and then it's like books, you get this inspiration idea and yeah. then it's, it's finding the technical ways to do it. So that would be my suggestion is just watch a bunch of them, see what other people are doing, see what annoys you and don't do that. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's this one trend where people like, they like bang their hand into the camera like this. And oh. it's like, I'm like, no. No. Yeah.
0: That. That's so funny. So Sonia has never tried your books before. You um, and Joy was telling, yeah. So Joy <laughs> was telling her that she needs to get your free novella. And that's on Amazon, right? You can
1: get it anywhere, anywhere you buy ebooks. Okay. There's two free novellas. There's A Lady of Esteem and A Search for Refuge. And so A Lady of Esteem leads into the Hawthorne House series. And A Search for Refuge leads into the Haven Manor series.
0: And I think so, this is a um, and so house, both yeah. of
1: them are free. And you can go download anywhere you get eBooks. They're permanently yeah. free.
0: And that's one of the things I really love because you write for Bethany House and they do such a good job of that, of partnering with the authors or I'm assuming that's how it happens to have you write these novellas so people can try it and see. And I promise if you try them, you're going to love them because the Lady of Esteem Oh my gosh, that's such a good, rich story. And it's been a while since I've read the other one, but they were both just wonderful. They don't feel like novellas because they're richly developed and just a great taste of what the books are like. Thank you. Yeah, no, you've done a great job with those. So if you haven't read any of Christiane's books, definitely start there. Um, a Lady of Esteem is a great one to start with. And then that just kicks off all the rest of the books. And yeah. you can do what I did and binge all of them in two and a half weeks. And yes, I did still have a life. I still had to teach and things like that. But every spare moment was nose deep in a Christian Hunter book. I love it. I love it. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I think the only other person I've done that kind of a binge with was the D. Henderson O'Malley series. Oh, yeah. Because I started, I discovered that one when like book five was out. And then I would go back and read them all before The Guardian came out. And then I read them all again. And so i just have
1: one challenge though if anybody's gonna go back and start at the beginning which you don't have to you don't have to start you can start anywhere but if you're going to go back and start at the beginning you got to make me a promise and that is that you will not skip an elegant facade because there are so many people who skip an elegant facade really
0: because they don't like her And what I love about this book, and I think it was this one, right? That it overlaps with a noble masquerade. And <laughs> let me tell you, as an author, that is challenging because I did that with a couple of my World War II no- or novels where they literally have like three chapters that overlap. And you did it much more than three chapters. It was it's,
1: A Noble okay. Masquerade, is the other book, not an uncommon courtship.
0: Sorry, this one. Here we go. Yep. Uh, these two. <laughs> yeah, but, but she is not
1: very likable at the end of A Noble Masquerade. But and she's so wonderful at the end of this one. And she's so wonderful. But there's so many people who skip it. And, and that's... They don't like
0: her. And I'm like, don't skip it! <laughs> oh, it, her story, the, the arc you have her on as a character is so perfect because she isn't very likable in A Noble Masquerade. By the way, love the color. I want a dress in that color. It is so fun. Um, but then you do, you so totally redeem her in this book. And that's not something that's easy to do. I mean, it's not sense and sensibility, but you know, you've almost got Marianne where you're like, come on, get down to real life. What's going on no. in your head? And then you do, you make her just wonderful. So I, I'm just stunned that people would skip her story. That's people just not
1: Because they don't like her. And it was one of those things where I knew people weren't going to like her, but I hoped they would like Colin enough to
0: read the book. Oh my gosh. And he's wonderful. (laughs) Such a great hero. And again, what I liked about him is he's surrounded by all these wealthy families and just kind of like, whatever, you know, it's, he knows, but he doesn't really care, which takes a certain amount of um, courage, I guess, to be able to operate on the fringe of those societies. And you did it again with Aaron. Because Aaron's very much the same way, but for a very different reason. Mm
1: -hmm. It's such a fun, it's one of the really fun things about that time period, because, you know, money talks and money's very important. And because as the industrial revolution was coming and technology was coming, the people who had the money was changing. And so you had the people with the money and the people with the names, and they weren't always the same people anymore. And yet they needed the people with the money. And so- It was shaking everything up so that you had these whole, well, we're going to accept you sort of because you have money or you have this connection or you have this. And it was one of those really muddying the rules of who was at the top
0: kind of reminds me of like the Gilded Age when you had the American new money and, you know, the, the lords in England needed that money to keep the estates going. And so yeah. again, kind of that merging of- Well, this, this is Gilded. kind of the beginning, the yeah. beginning of that. And then by the time it,
1: it truly hits its full-fledged problematic issue for them is when you enter into the Gilded Age and you have all the American duchesses and yeah um, and all of those- people coming in so it's kind of like you're on the beginning of it here in the Regency you're starting to kind of see it happening it's like happening in little bits and pieces
0: so yeah well and one of the things I actually really loved about Georgiana is you gave her such a real reason for her to be this I have to be perfect and everything has to be just so in this book I mean she's almost brittle but by this one you understand why and it's a I mean, the, the angst, I don't want to give anything away again, but the angst is so real. Every time I read the book, I just feel for her because in today's world, if you had the challenge she did, we at least kind of understand, but then it would have just been like, wow, what's wrong with you? You know, yeah. the one thing you're supposed to do, you can't do. And Joyce said, I'm loving her banter with Colin and her relationship with Harriet and yeah, that maid was amazing. Just, you you just richly draw these characters. It's so much fun to dig into them.
1: And so before anybody pings me and goes, hey, wait a minute, you have a Harriet in Winning the Gentleman too?"
0: Yeah, I think I said it
1: happens wrong. When you have too many characters, you forget names.
0: Well, and there's only so many you can use. And there really specific- are so
1: many names in the period. It's a very, very small name pool if you're going to stay authentic and accurate it's super small in that regency time period
0: yeah i remember i have a,
1: I have a, a beta reader that's english she reads my she's read my last couple books she's fairly new for me so nobody come at me for the early english mess ups but <laughs> so she reads it for Englishisms. she's like yeah that's not how we use that word in england you know but she oh, keeps, that's awesome She keeps pinging me on names she's like this is not an english name <laughs> <laughs> you're like and I'm like, well, that character already appeared in other books, so it's stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, I can't change that one. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Well, and that's where writing historical, like we were talking about this before we officially started, you know, like, I'll only write World War II because you have to go so deep mm-hmm. into a time period so that you feel like you're honoring it and getting it right. And Regency is the exact same way. I mean, you just, you have to... You know, you could do everything right, and there's still going to be someone who finds something and goes, "Yeah, that's not oh, right." Yeah. Well,
1: I still find things that are wrong. So, like if I go back, if I have to go back and look up something in another book, I'll find something and I'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." Oh well.
0: When <laughs> that goes into reprints, we'll fix.
1: You it. know, it's like it's like you you just you you learn as you go, and every time you know more. If you waited until you knew everything, you'd never write a book. So that's true.
0: That's very true. And so you mentioned you use plot boards. I do. Um,
1: I can actually show it because it's currently blank. The one that's oh, okay. on the wall. Because I'm starting a new book and then my editing, the board I'm editing is over there. So I can actually show it to you.
0: Oh, how cool. Because it's currently blank. Um, <laughs> no spoilers on there.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I
0: wanted to be able to zoom in after this and read all of your plot points well they would not make a whole lot of sense
1: because they're written in shorthand of like yeah. like sometimes it'll just be initials and sometimes it's very very sloppy handwriting but it's covered I cover it in post-its and so there's like um I print it, I print pictures onto post-its or song lyrics and that's kind of where I start by the time it's fully edited it's about six layers deep in post-it notes oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it's um taking it off it's like it's a huge stack
0: that's awesome. So you're visual. You need to be able very to. Very visual
1: and the tactile of moving things around. And that's part of because I write out of order. I need to be able to move the scene very easily in my mind. Like, I don't know where this is going to go. Oh, wait, it needs to go here. Um, so I'm very visual with it because the other thing is there's all the pictures over Oh my there. gosh. That's all amazing. the characters. It's the characters, the horses, the houses. Um, yeah. Anything like that is over on the wall over there.
0: So that's what I use Pinterest for. Because I'll create boards on Pinterest where, you know, like if I'm, I've got a new series, hopefully that'll be coming out sometime, but it's in uh, DC, but West a little bit. And so like, I've got this cute little house that I found that one of the heroines is going to live in. And so I pin every one of the pictures that I want to make sure I keep so that I can go back and look at it. But I do it that way versus on a literal board. But There's a more
1: detailed good. one on the Pinterest. It starts on a Pinterest board okay. um, that has more, but I can't, I was constantly having to flip over and go open it up and be like, wait, what did that dress look like? Or what, yeah. did, what did, and so I ended up making a board with the basics just so I could remember, okay, yeah, that side character is blonde. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and just be able to see all that stuff at a glance, um, particularly with this series, because I not only had people, I have this? like 30 horses. Yeah, are named and like I have to remember what type of horse they are and what their name is and who stable they're in and <laughs> everything. And it was like it's like having two entire casts that I'm having yeah, to juggle for the series. That's
0: true. Okay, so is there another book coming in this series, or are you? There is. Maybe- there's there's one more. It's
1: coming next year. Um, it is called. I've been kind of teasing out the title. I haven't officially announced the title. I'm kind of teasing it out yeah Um, it's called Enchanting the Heiress Mm. and and so if you have read Winning the Gentleman yes you have met both people
0: (gasps) yay I think oh I hope I know who the hero is because he really needs a book he really there's there's several who who I have been informed really need a book (laughs) yes well, and that's the wonderful thing. You keep writing these characters that I'm like, I want to know more. I want to know what's going on. And that so doesn't always happen. Sometimes so that I'll write a is book one, I'm like, that's the thing
1: with winning the gentleman Aaron. People have been yelling at me for Aaron's book for 2 years now. Yeah. And so, um, I'm like, it's coming. It's coming.
0: Just give yeah. it time to get there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Tony wants to know and this is a great question for us to end on. What drew you to this genre?
1: So, to to romance, to regency or to Christian fiction?
0: Uh, Regency. Okay. You and I talked about this, but that was before we started. So okay, if so Tony like, wants to know that. I, I, can...
1: I love the relatability of Regency that you can just click in and, and all of the issues, well, people are people. All of the issues yeah. that we've had have been throughout time. That's why historical fiction works, you know, because people have always been people, but the
0: and yet we get a little distance because it's a different time period. So yes. sometimes it makes it. So, easier. but so many of the
1: the fixed. social things, because technology is changing, because class is changing, because um you know, all of that is is very relatable to now, where you know, smartphones and social media and all that it's changing our world very, very quickly and changing how we relate to people. And the same thing was going for them, you know, this idea of like, well, I mean, we didn't have the train yet, but it was coming. You know they knew it was coming and um you know roads were getting better carriages were getting better boats were getting better like the world was becoming more available to them and so in their own way some of the same things we're experiencing now was happening to them you know newspapers could get printed faster and um get delivered faster because of the mail um a lot of people don't realize mail as in the post was fairly new at this point in time. You know, the idea that your letter could get, you know, across town or within a day, because yeah. they actually delivered mail several times a day then. So your penny post could get across London within a day and you never had to go there. And that's a new idea at this time. And so all of that is changing. It's a very relatable time period.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. And if you love Jane Austen, you will love Christiane's books. And if you don't, you should still try them because they're wonderful. She's definitely, I would say there's three authors in Regency that I have to read every book the moment it's coming out. And it's Christiane, Sarah Ladd, and Julie Claussen. And so you are definitely in that group where I'm always looking for when's the next one coming out because I never thought I would enjoy this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. I love it. I just I love the world you've created and it's so wonderful. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. It is so fun to get to talk about your books and congratulations on the release of Winning the Gentleman. Thank you. It is such a a good story. I absolutely love the heroine. Um, She's just so feisty, so fun. Um. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you, so be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at karaputman.com. and you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series, as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in.